Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the interview on the Raptors Republic Podcast Network. I'm Andrew Damelin. Today's guest, I think is perhaps the most forgotten about unknown player on the Raptors roster this season. No, it's not Delano Banton, who's had his moments in the sun and played some key minutes here and there, but is generally outside of the rotation. It's not even Justin Champagny, who's also had an impact here and there, had a couple of games that you can definitely point to earlier in the season when he's made an impact on the offensive glass and nearly actually had a buzzer beater in one game a while ago. It was a tip-in that was just after the buzzer. It was a heartbreaker. No, not Justin Champagne. Not even Malachi Flynn, who really is an afterthought for the most part. Yes, he's gotten some minutes with uh, Fred Van Vliet being out for part of this uh, past month and in February. No, the person I'm talking about and who I think actually has the brightest NBA future of anyone outside the rotation and with the Raptors 905, is Isak Banga. And actually, when he introduced himself to me, he said Isaac. And it's funny, he's from Germany, so I figured it's Isak, and basketball reference says Isak. But he said, "Let's you can do either one. So in the interview that you're going to hear, I actually use both. Uh, so it's Isak Banga. This guy is, and it's funny too, because he's a prototypical 2021-22 Raptor, which is a 6'8", 6'9", guy who can handle the ball, is so fluid in the open court, is a great defender, a great anchor of the defense when he needs to be an absolute professional. He had, And he has been so consistent with the 905 this year. You know, he's in his fourth professional season. He was drafted by the Lakers in 2018, 39th overall. And he was part of a rotation in his second season with the Wizards. And then two seasons later, he comes over to the Raptors. And he's, you know, barely played at all with the big club. And he's just been nothing but a professional with the Raptors 905. He's averaging 13 points on 45% from the field. 29% three-point shooter. That's always been the knock on him since he started playing professionally as a 16-year-old. It's develop my shot, develop my shot. That's been the biggest priority. But the guy, you have to, if you ever watch a 905 game, and they are available for you to watch uh, online anytime you want. The guy is so fluid. The ball handling is incredible. The finishing around the rim is very Pascal light. Obviously, he's not Pascal, but when you watch him play, you, you say this guy is an NBA player. And I don't know where he goes from here after this season. Clearly, I don't think his future is with the Raptors. But the skill set he has, the passing ability he has in the open court, especially. If he can develop some semblance of a reliable three-point jump shot, I think above Delano, above Champagne, above David Johnson, the Raptors 905 are the two-way player, above Malachi Flynn, I think Isak Bonga has the best NBA future amongst any of these guys with the Raptors. So that's the little preamble for you. 
Um, but like I like to do with all of my conversations with our guests, I like to go back and sort of start from the beginning and find out the origins of uh, Isaac Bonga's basketball journey. So the first question I asked him was, what's your first vivid basketball memory growing up in Koblenz, Germany? You know, if you're in Germany, you kind of grow up playing soccer and basketball, football and basketball, and then kind of like from like playing basketball to like playing in the gym, and then you kind of start liking it more, and then you just like go to a club, play over there, and then you kind of fall in love with it, and then you just like keep going, and I can grind with it. Yeah, you've been grinding since you were seven. I mean, nine years old is when you started playing street ball, and that's when you got discovered by a coach, and uh, you, took, you start playing the game really seriously. And one of the one of your favorite players growing up, which I found surprising, because most guys your age are like Kobe or something like right. that. But one of your favorite players was Magic Johnson. Right. Where did that inspiration come from uh, for him to be your favorite player? Um, I think it just came from like being like this tall playmaker, like point guard playmaker, you know, that everybody just kind of loves. And uh, kind of just like you said, it's not usual for like a nine, ten-year-old to watch, like, Magic Johnson videos, right? So, um, no, I, I, I used to love it. To this day, I remember just, like, watching Magic videos with, like, the California song in the background. So, um, no, nah, it's just, like, one thing that I always used to do growing up. But, yeah, he was, he was like, a, like an inspiration for me. There was one play that I saw on your little highlight reel with the Wizards. You were playing against uh, the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. There was a three-on-one, and it was the most Magic Johnson pass can you, th- can you think of it in your head just right off the bat, or should I describe it more to you? Is this a three-on-one? I kind of, I probably no-looked something. Yeah, you no-looked, just a little no-look bounce pass to Brad Beal on the, cutting along the left side. Was that inspired by Magic, you think? I think, oh, like, every time I'm, like, a fast break, and I'm, like, I go kind of, like, three-on-one or whatever, I'm probably going to throw, like, a little no-look or something on back in there. It's, it's, it's kind of my game a little bit, but, um, I'm just trying to have fun with it, you know? Just trying to play the game, have fun with it, get better, and win games. And so as you go along, as a 16-year-old kid, you, right. you join Frankfurt, uh, the Skyliners, and you become a, a professional. And the scouting report that at least I read from a guy named Jonathan Gavoni, sort of famous uh, scout, right. was that you, you had a feel for the game yeah. that was beyond your years. Even at 16, like, what is to you, like, a feel for the game. I think I think like like describing like a feel for the game is just like sometimes things things that don't like show up in like the stat sheet, you know? Like like I don't know, just like things you go out there because majority of the time you don't really think about stuff you do out there. Like one thing that Russ told me last year, told us last year was because sometimes like I asked, I remember like asking Russ like, yo, like you always go like so fast, you always like so aggressive. And he was like, yeah, because like. I literally just like go out there, play aggressive, and at one point your instinct is just going to kick in, right? And that's kind of how I look at it. Like I'm just out there just trying to play my game, and at one point my instincts are just kicking in. And that's where, like, like I guess the feel for the game is coming from. And I was, I was going to ask you about Russ as one of your vets, but even in your first season with the Lakers, you had a number of vets on your team yeah. that were so interesting. You had Tyson Chandler. Yeah. But I'm, I'm listen. I, but I'm wondering about Javale McGee yeah. and Lance Stevenson. Right. There was an interview you did with, with uh, that Javale McGee conducted with you at yeah. the end of the season. So I imagine he might have been your vet throughout that year. Is that is that fair to say with Javale? So we had we had a couple of people. I would, I would say I had Ron, I had Doe, Rondo, 
then Lance to Javel, KCP. Yeah, I would I would like consider them like for like it was it was like all of them for like speed mode myself. So um, I would consider them all like our bets for sure. Is there a Javel story? Like uh, he's you know he's kind of like. He has this persona to outsiders, like he's kind of the class clown or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would go with that. I, would, <laughs> I mean, it's just like typical Javert, right? Even like the interview we did, it's just like, it was just fun, right? Every time we talk, because he's just so down to earth. Like for me, coming from like overseas in Germany and everything is new, and you're in the lane, big city. So like just talking to people like that is kind of like a, like a really, really good thing to have. So you got to make that adjustment, right? You're going to from Euroleague ball to LA and NBA ball. Right. Can you like, what was the bigger adjustment? Playing pro ball as a young kid, 16 year old, going to Frankfurt, or coming over to the NBA as the 39th pick in the draft and trying to pick up the NBA game? The NBA thing. I just remember like my summer league experience was really bad, like to the point where I like I couldn't. So I, I remember like I got something. Like, I don't know, the second quarter of the Lakers, and I like, I couldn't really dribble. Like, I trebled like three times in a row, and the game was just so fast. But I was like, yo, like, what is going on? So, like, it was, there was like a little, like, just like a lot of change for me. And obviously, I had to adjust to it, but like, after like a couple months, and like, had from my teammates, everything was straight. Yeah, yeah, so you spend a year in LA, and then you get traded in the offseason to Washington. You start 49 games, and you shoot over 50% from the field uh, in that second season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Russ comes over the third season, and Thomas Bryant is like a is a big factor in the lane. That the following year, if I have my cr- chronology right. correct, I mean it's it's a whirlwind. I imagine for a second round pick trying to make it in the league, trying to get that next contract. What was that third season like? You're watching, you know, you're, you were starting your second year, and then your right. third year, it's lesser of a role. Right. You got Russ, you know, sort of to help you along. Do you, what was the experience like that third year? I, I imagine the pressure was highest at that point. It was it was like a learning process. Obviously, like we all know, having Russ there. Um, what what I think personally for for the team was a good thing because you kind of uplift everybody in like whatever aspects you got right. And um, but nah, personally for me it was really just like a learning like a learning experience. Like I always know like the season always gonna be like a roller coaster ride. And uh, that's what what it was for me, right? So I'm um, just going from like playing the beginning to. No playing at all sometimes, playing a little bit sometimes, playing a little bit more sometimes. So this the thing about NBA is like you what I realized is you always gonna get your opportunity. You just gotta be ready, right? You just gotta like lock in, even if it's just gonna be for the last five games in the season or like the first five games or whatever, like you just you really just gotta be locked in. You gotta lock into the game plan the whole game during the whole season. And that's like it's like one of the hardest things to do in the league. And maybe on that point, like watching those Wizards highlights just a play-by-play commentator, whenever there'd be like a great spin move by you, he said something like, where is this Isaac coming from? Uh, uh, and the other thing he said was um, a different Isaac Bonga tonight. You know, So he, it sounded like 
the messaging was you're obviously capable, but it didn't happen as consistently right. as possible. And what have you done to sort of work on that consistency? Because that kind of stuff is the stuff I see every every game from you with the 905. Um, just being aggressive and just trying to do like the same things I always do all year in the league. And it's just like for me personally, you just got to do with just like having the same mindset, right? Like even though going into like those NBA games, just having the same mindset is like the like the GD. That's how you kind of like gotta take it. Like you always kind of trying to have like this this killer instinct, like this this kill mode in your head to just like go. And I feel like this is something this I, I was always like working on. I feel like I'm kind of getting closer and closer to every like every day. And so you come to the 905. Or you come to the Raptors actually, and you're assigned with the 905 for much of the year. And there are a few games I wanted to talk about, just moments. Uh, and the first one is January 10th, 2022. You guys come make a huge comeback against Lakeland, and you and Delano Ben gives you the pass uh, near the end. You make the game-winning three. And after the game, there was a quote you had that I thought that was so interesting. You said, I feel like I kind of didn't want to shoot it. For some reason, I knew Delano was going to pass it to me. I shot it with confidence. I've been working on that every day. After practice, just having the confidence and taking those shots with confidence, I'm trying to get to that mindset. Um, the first sentence was, I feel like I kind of didn't want to shoot it. <laughs> that's, that's, how, that's how I transcribed it anyway. Okay, so maybe that's not how you felt. So now let's go back to that moment. So he passes you the ball. And you also mentioned later in that presser that this is something you dreamt about. You sound like a, you sounded like a kid about yeah. hitting the game-winning shot. Yeah. Can you take us through that that game-winning shot? And is that something you look back on even now and you, you can watch that highlight over and over again? I probably did like after I did it, but uh, for some reason I knew it was going to pass it to me and I knew I'm going to shoot it. So like obviously like I've been working on my three-point like through like these whole past years and on my body all this stuff. So it's just like having confidence in your shot and just like taking those shots. And that's really probably the only like way I guess I was feeling in that moment. So that's that consistent growth, confident mindset. And the, right. the other thing that I wanted to ask you about, it's, it's it wasn't even a game that you played in. It was February 17th. You were technically on the All-Star break, mm -hmm. but the 905 were playing. Right. And you came, sat on the bench, and watched that team play. Yeah. You don't often see that type of thing from an assignment guy, an NBA guy. Where does that sort of empathy that compassion that team aspect where does that come from maybe in your upbringing that you want to sit with with your team that you're not necessarily a, supposed to be a part of but where does that sort of aspect of your personality come from you think um i mean if you around these guys like the majority of the time you kind of like start having like a connection so like for me it was kind of like a regular thing just to go to the game watch it I'm still part of the team, right? So for me, it was kind of just like a thing. Hey, I'm like going to my team, watch the game, just like I would do with the Raptors. So, um, yeah, but it wasn't really like, to be honest, it wasn't special for me. So it was just like a regular night day. Just go and watch a game. And, and last thing for you, uh, you, you come down here, and everyone to a man says with Coach Matumbo, some people say that they find him to be more of a life coach than a basketball coach. Um, how does that sort of ring to you? Do you? Has he made that kind of impression on you? What kind of impression has Coach Patempo made on you? Yeah, I would definitely say that because he just like wants everybody to have like purpose in like your life. And it's like even outside of basketball, right? I mean, obviously we all got like a different upbringing. We all get a different pass and stuff. But like just like being here, being together with this group, 
And like going through like the things we go through kind of brings everybody together. And he's like helping everybody to go through like if it's adversity, like a bad time, whatever it is. To just like he want to like bring everybody to like the next level, and he's showing it on and off the court every single day. So um, I would definitely agree with like saying Coach Mutombo is a life coach. And in that last speech he gave you at the end of practice, he mentioned, and he said this before, how you, you know wanting to get guys to the next level, like right. you said. And everyone I've spoken to has said they have some chip on their shoulder yeah. from growing up, being doubted, being undrafted. You were drafted, yeah. but some people being undrafted, some no, people being traded. Is there a chip on your shoulder from any part in your life that gives you that motivation to get back into the NBA? Yeah, I mean, it's like kind of like the way I look at it sometimes. It's like it's my what fourth year now like my fourth year now and I kind of feel like I'm still not really like in like the position where I want to be so I like I'm just constantly thinking I okay just like take each like each day day by day and just like keep working because you don't get that one day but you can't really like keep looking at the end goal because sometimes you forget where you're at like in the moment right so I'm just like that's, that's what I'm just saying I'm just trying to be in the moment have fun with it but at the same time like I know this is not where I'm supposed to be, and I know like I want to get there where I want to go. So it's kind of like two things you always got to think about. And if Coach Matabo has anything to say about it, you're going to get to where you need to go soon. He sees such a bright future for you. You've had an amazing season with the 905. You're about to try to finish it out, win the title. So uh, from us at Raptors Republic, Isaac, Isak, we, we wish you the best of luck, and we really appreciate the time. I appreciate it. Thank you.